When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. As we fire up the second year of Album for the Day, we do a little pivot. Mm. We've been doing a different album every day uh, for a year. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's 360 <laughs> something of those for you if you want to go check those out. Yeah. Um, we're going to be focusing still on albums. But in the context of the people who are on the albums and the contributors who made the albums what they were. And I think that's really what breaks down the whole music scene of what we're doing here. It's just it really gets the backstory of who the people are creating the music that we've grown to love over the years. We found a bunch of new people that we get to talk about, which is exciting for me. People I didn't even know who were on some of the most fantastic albums ever played. And you know the music, and you've heard it, and... Now it's time to get to know the artists. Yeah. And today, we pivot over to the stay with the rhythm section, keeping it on the bottom end. Slapping the bass. Slapping the bass, man. <laughs> or woman, because we're doing Carol K, Kay, mm. who, in fact, if you checked out the last episode on Hal Blaine... They played a number of things together. They did. They were in the Wrecking Crew together, uh, and she is. She was my number one pick uh, on when we kind of decided to do to make a little switch um, and start kind of talking about artists more rather than specific albums like who created this, who went through and did this. Um, she was my number one because I found her story so interesting and so cool, and being like that kind of like one of the boys it sounds like kind of sexist to say it that way Well, but i feel like her her trajectory was not as linear as mm -hmm. hal blaine yeah like i mean she well she didn't originally play the bass and she's the unexpected person in the room you know the dark horse nobody's expecting carol k this you know sweet little girl in the room to be able to funk it up like she did and play such incredible music and for years and the thing everybody says about carol k is that what she contributed to those recordings was absolutely essential i would compare it to the mandolin part in maggie may oh yeah that we discussed yep. where that song's just not the same it's not without same. It's not the same. that yeah and i mean you know, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, should those session players, you know, be considered in with the composition of the recording? Um, I think Carol Kay is probably the strongest argument for that. I, I, I feel so as well. I mean, it's it is what it is. And, you know, the way that the union works is you get paid for your time that you're there. And what it is that you do in that belongs to whoever it is that paid you. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, but she, I mean, she's playing with everybody from Joe Cocker 
to Ray Charles to Stevie Wonder, Elvis Presley, The Monkees, Nancy Sinatra. She played on the theme songs <laughs> to MASH, yeah. The Streets of San Francisco, and possibly my absolute favorite song from a movie ever, at least it is today. Across 110th Street, Bobby Womack. What a dope, dope song. Yeah. I have listened to that song a number of times in a row. And she was rhythm guitar on La Bamba. Like, what? (laughs) What I didn't know, I I saw that she played on These Boots Are Made For Walking mm -hmm. by Nancy Sinatra. What Mm -hmm. I didn't know, though, was that there were two bass players on the song. Carol Kay plays the electric. Mm -hmm. Separate person plays the stand-up that's awesome and i was like you know the bass is awfully stinking memorable in that song it really is and there's another there's an album that if you collect vinyl out there there's an album that every single person has seen at nearly every single flea market that carol k played on it's uh recorded in 1965 herb albert and the tijuana brass Whipped Cream and Other Delights. It's got one of the most iconic covers of all time. And Carol Kay plays bass on that album. And that was one of those things. When I saw that, I mean, I've, I've listened to that album. It has a, it has a couple like bangers on it. It's a, classic, it's a classic, classic album. There yeah. is a reason that it's in every discount bin. <laughs> yeah. Because it's it, that good. Yeah, it's amazing. Everybody owns it. It's amazing. It. And she absolutely brought the thunder on that. Um, the uh, another one that I found with that was hysterical was the the Adams family. She did the do 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 Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, the Mission Impossible Hawaii Five O. She didn't do the drum fill though. <laughs> no, but I think one of my favorite things that I heard was in 1973 she played on Barbara Streisand's "The Way We Were," wow. which was cut live, and she got yelled at by producer Marvin Hamlish for improvising bass lines. Uh, that's ridiculous. That's like telling Picasso to use your fingers yeah. instead of a brush. Don't, don't use too much paint. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it. Yeah, that's, that paint's expensive. I'm watching you. But it's like she's playing with Neil Young. She's playing with Oscar Peterson. J.J. Kale. She's playing with, uh, who was the other? Cannonball Adderley, who was on Miles Davis's Kind of Blue. I mean, she's playing with so many different genres and just going in and absolutely putting these just crazy licks down. That's just like, you know, when 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 Paul McCartney, who is the bass player for the Beatles, comes through and says that she is one of his favorite bass players. Paul McCartney says this. It's like, dude, you're you're. You're not only at the top of your game, you're at the top of everyone's the game. game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is, in fact, one big game that we're all in. Yeah. And you're winning. Yeah. And to play with Phil Spector, who, who added her to his wall of sound, I mean, I mean, she literally played in Gold Star Studios. They don't let you Silver Star players yeah, no. come in the door. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. They can smell you, they can smell those gold stars. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> she she played on Then He Kissed Me by the Crystals as well, which I I love that song. Well, he walked up to me and he 
It's just classic. Every time I hear that song, I think of Goodfellas. <laughs> but, you know, we have an episode about that. Yeah. Um, that's just a, that's a fantastic song, and everything is so simple in it. But it just makes it just it's a weaves mood. together. It's a mood, yeah. You know, and you know one of the, one of those songs. Every time I hear it, there's uh, is a uh, 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 Joe Cocker feeling all right, and I know that's kind of the piano that has that boop doo doop doop doo. You know, whatever. That's Leon Russell playing that lick. Um, but uh, but Carol Kay holding that song absolutely down is one of those things that it's just like man. Like the way that she influenced just rock and roll history. I mean, she was there in the beginning of it, and it was just like, goodness gracious. Well, dude, she didn't just influence rock and roll history. Like, she influenced instrument history. Yeah. Because she got in a car accident in 1976 and kind of semi retired. Um, She played occasionally on a few select projects. But in 1994, she underwent corrective surgery to fix some injuries from the accident, and then she resumed playing and recording. But she actually did a collaboration with Fender to make a lighter version Mm -hmm. of the Precision Bass, which I have one of. Uh, Not her specifically, but I do have a Precision Bass, and it's heavy as hell, I might add. And uh, she was like, something that would take the strain and the stress off of her back and make it a little bit easier, more comfortable to play for a lengthier period of time. I think that's kind of something that I notice, you know, when, when somebody like, you know, Les Paul takes it upon themselves to, I don't like the way this sounds. I'm going to be part of the solution instead of of just complaining about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, no. And And I think that's great. And the way that she's also taken that and run by creating, uh, you know, basically lessons online. I mean, she has a YouTube page where she teaches how to play bass. Yeah. Virtual lessons, man. And it's a beautiful thing. Free lessons on YouTube from Carol Kay. Like if you're going to learn how to play the bass from somebody, yeah, it's not as personal, but you might want to get some tips from Carol Kay. But I mean, I'm not going to go ask Flea to teach me complex, you know, second, third, fourth level kind of stuff. Like if I don't know anything. So I think it's great that she's making it accessible for the beginner. Exactly. As well as, and that's the whole thing. Teach, teach what you've learned over the years. And that's what, and it's, it's just, it's amazing. And teach your children. Well, Um, I don't know if she played on that one. I don't think she did, (laughs) but I, I just can't. Yeah. The way that she's able to weave. Hear that? Yeah. And, you know, and it's so funny to see, like, Carol Kay with this room full of... It's always, like, a room full of dudes and Carol Kay kind of sitting there, not, like, by herself, but, like... You can tell that she's just grooving, and she's and I think that the, I think the guys felt like she was just one of the guys, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and I think well, that, they knew she had the chops. Oh, to be if, in any if, conversation if, in the room. And if anybody would have challenged her, she'd have been like, "Okay, 
I could not only outplay you on the guitar, I can outplay you on the bass. She could probably play the piano. As I'm going to well. go play the 12 string <laughs> with Frank Zappa right now. Yeah, right like, now, Frank. Yeah, we got to go. Gotta, this guy thinks we're stupid. Yeah, like yeah, she she was just one of those players that could just do it, you know, and. And, you know, she could improvise. She could play, you know, like, oh, we wrote that we wrote this song and we know that she's going to play it better than any one of us could ever do it. And that's why she was in the Wrecking Crew. I mean, that's why she worked with Quincy Jones. That's why she worked with Phil Spector. When the best of the best want to call you. Yeah. That's because you're the best. Yeah. Hands down. No question about it. Yeah, well, uh, I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we decided to do Carol Kay. She was one that I was like, I don't think we could have made this list and not put her at the top of it. I, no. re- I really don't think so because of and a lot of people out there, you know, you're going to listen and you know, oh, look, just go and look at the list of songs she's played on. Go, go get. There's a ton of playlists on Spotify that she of just songs that she's played on. And when you're going through it, you're going to look to yourself and go, whoa, she played on that too? I mean, it's just this it's kind of non-stop barrage of songs that are that you're just going, wow. It's a rabbit hole, man, yeah. but it's and, a really and, awesome and rabbit hole. It's also that thing of like the difference of those songs. It's not that she was a one-trick pony where she had one style that she stuck to. It was like she played to the room and played to what was going on, to what her singer wanted, to what she was perceptive and if she hadn't been perceptive, like her creativity wouldn't have gotten noticed because the fact that she was able to adapt to all of these different situations, circumstances, rooms of people, yeah. different genres of people, different lifestyles, different. And make herself stand out. Right. Like where you can hear those licks come through and they give her time to fill her, to, to, to make her little fill or her little walk up. They give her the time to express her creativity in a, most of these songs. And if we're going to give out, well, I won't even stick you in it. <laughs> but if I'm going to give everybody a nickname this time, um, I got one for Carol. You said uh, you said it was always Carol and a bunch of dudes in the room. Mm. We usually call that a sausage party. Mm. So uh, Carol the Mustard K. Ooh, I like that, too. It, you could do alliteration, the ketchup. Carol, the ketchup. No, mustard sounds better. You're right. I don't hate mustard. <laughs> <laughs> I like mustard. <laughs> Me too. Oh, <laughs> it's man. what makes the world go well, around. Uh, on this uh, pivot of an album for the day, uh, we're doing Carol Kay. Uh, make sure you subscribe and like wherever you listen to us. Uh, if you have any artists that you'd like to uh, hear us talk about for a little bit, Shoot us an email to uh, album the number four of the day at gmail.com um, and follow us on Twitter at album the number four the day. Um, yeah, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. You don't know what you'll do until you're put under pressure. Across 110th Street is a hell of a tester. Across 110th Street, pimps trying to catch a woman that's weak. Pass the mustard. (laughs) After starting the podcast, you can search for the album, use the three dots, and hit add to cue. Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woo!